0: And
1: have a revolution. And one small trip for man, one giant leap for trans people. The Trail Cinematic Universe Podcast with your host, Jonathan Andre Cometon.
0: Welcome to the TCU Podcast. I am your host, Jonathan Andre Culliton, and today... Gotta be honest, it's an 80s gender-bending classic that stars a man of me too classification. But wow, did that do my head a spin when I did this rewatch? We're talking tootsie, released in 1982. This film stars a yet-to-be-disgraced Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lang, Dabney Coleman, Terry Garr, Bill Murray, and there's even a young Gina Davis. Tootsie can feel so far away from queerness, but they are always cranking up that gender dial, though where it settles, I would argue, is distinctly binary. We'll get into it. When I was going over some choices with today's guest for our episode, he said he had never seen Tootsie and that perhaps that should be considered illegal, but I'm itching to see if he now believes quite the opposite. An associate producer of Gaycation with Elliot Page, he wrote the Billy Tipton doc, No Ordinary Man, a staff writer on Gossip Girl, the reboot for HBO Max, and I'd be remiss not to mention that he co-founded Original Plumbing, a trans quarterly mag that helps so many guys He's a person who has also been described to me as the absolute sweetest. So I'm totally psyched to connect today with Amos Mack. Welcome, Amos.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. I'm all tootsied out. We're long over. Uh, Already. (laughs) (laughs) Once was enough. Watched it once and that was enough.
0: I figured, you know, I mean, this is really going to be a great segue into the nostalgia scan because It's like, almost like I thought I had nostalgia for this movie. And then I don't know where that came from. So we'll see. We start off with our nostalgia scan as always. And it reads from zero to 100. So don't feel like you can't use that zero. We are as always powered by Real Tea, which is a fake sponsor I've realized that people think is is a tea company. (laughs) (laughs) keep it going Um, but I've added the beers that Les and Michael drink together at the end of the movie for a little extra besties with your ex zing it's time to ask ourselves how much nostalgia do we really have for Tootsie now Amos I'm gonna go ahead and guess this is your first time in such a scanner so would you like me to go first absolutely (laughs) scanning okay well I'd seen this movie Maybe on TV, definitely something that if it was on, my mom would have been like, yes, this is a great thing for you to watch. Uh, she always kept me in, in good gender bending classics. <laughs> but I really uh, feel like my memory is more based on the zeitgeist, uh, possibly some sort of earlier before the, before the Me Too thing, before this movie was even considered so problematic, it was almost a movie that was like iconic for being a little queer. And that seems just so strange to say after watching this nearly two hour film unnecessarily. I know this is like
1: in, in a time before movies were two hours. This was like when, you know, 90 minutes was not, you know, what uh, like not even 90 sometimes yeah. um, 75, 80 minute films were normal. Right, the eighties yeah. where we had this, which I think is just fine because you know that's, if it's over that's just at this point when we're getting to three hours, I feel offended in the movie theater. I feel offended, oh, and totally. upset when I realize how long films are,
0: especially if it's the Avengers. You're like, this is just a bunch of other movies glued together. And, you know, also, like, just looking at the stuff, like, the patriotic motif, it's like there's nothing here that, like, doesn't ick factor at this point. Um, So I am thinking that maybe a decade ago I'd have more nostalgia, but I'm going with this sort of wonky 65. (laughs) What about you, Amos? Scanning.
1: I'm going to give it a 25 because, you know, it is in the queer cultural canon of, quote unquote, trans films and, you know, things that we pick on to, you know, as a starting as a sad starting point, <laughs> you know, of sure. where we're like, oh, remember Tootsie? I remember, right. you know, something was always amiss slash relatable in that subject that I couldn't uh, fully understand as a child. And even though I didn't watch, did not see this movie as a young person, I do yep. imagine that I, I know that people you know, in our generation have and that it was a huge touchstone moment of being at least, you know, if it was majorly problematic, but also a touchstone, a problematic touchstone. (laughs) So that gets the 25 for
0: me. I love that, and thank you for going with it. I realized that the, you know, more detailed prep email would have told you that there's a machine that we've made of space trash that has a dial on it, but this is all very real science, so I'm sure that that was easy for you to go <laughs> with. Well, we've got a 65 and a 25. I mean, that's an average that's pretty low for our podcast. Hey, Patrone, it's a, it's our first interruption from Patrone, my cat.
1: Oh, look at Cute.
0: <laughs> We're gonna get into our synopsis. Now I'm going to do our pronoun check as sometimes we have to do with movies like this. Dorothy is clearly a drag persona of uh, crafted by Michael. I think we can kind of agree on that. You agree, Amos? I agree, yeah. Dorothy is, oh. yes. <laughs> and a separate <laughs> entity enough that the movie later builds them. A separate people, which I thought was
1: funny. <laughs> it was absolutely hilarious. I wonder if Dustin Hoffman was paid twice.
0: I'm sure he was paid double. Definitely you know, double just the Jessica
1: Lang and, you know, yeah. Sandy, or uh, not Sandy, who played Sandy? Um, Terry Gar, Terry, Terry Gar. Oh, these women. I mean, and just the Lang's
0: performance is, is just like it has so many different nuanced notes. Mm-hmm. It, it makes, it makes his performance look so bombastic. <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> I know it was it's so Mrs. Doubtfire. It's like, it's, there's a lot of Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, so much. You know, they M&A. took, yeah.
0: they took a lot from it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, a movie I still love. Can't let go of
1: that much. I need to revisit, I need to revisit. It's
0: still pretty good. You just have to fast forward through that part where he he says, he's a he she. That's just, you don't need it. (laughs) So we're gonna do it as separate entities. Hey, feel free to correct me, y'all. And don't be shy. Don't start being shy about that. (laughs) We meet Michael Dorsey. Uh, Of course, he's an actor. This is, I think this is a pretty interesting way to start, start the film, actually the way that he's, te- he's doing this mix of teaching classes. Yes. He- a lot
1: going on in the setup of how special this fit, this actor who can't get a fucking job is. Yes. We've got the proof that he's been around. We've got him teaching and everyone hanging on his every word as if he's a genius of all, sure. of all things acting. And we and have, what he's saying is nothing. Yeah. Literal like fluff that like they wrote to like maybe put in, you know, you can imagine in the script saying, like, put in, <laughs> add an actual dialogue later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Placeholder. But then, And then we have the macro shot of, you know, him, like, the abstract, like, close on the spirit gum and, and the mustache mm-hmm. and all these things, setting up this portrait of he's, an actor.
0: Good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like it. Um, but he also is immediately a little bit obnoxious. And he is in this play, of course, doing... Tol- Tolstoy yeah something
1: I fell asleep trying to care about <laughs> a
0: big snore yeah so he's he's doing this play and he's immediately difficult so we see what we see a little bit of what the problem is even though uh I saw this though it didn't actually jog my memory that yes this is the this is the crooks of it he's so difficult to work work with which we'll get into later but he quits this play storms out he also tells his acting students, of course, that you got to find a way to work. Mm-hmm. You're an actor. There's no work in New York City. That's also setting up the dramatic crooks. There's no, no work in this 1982 New York City. And you have to find a way to survive. We immediately see that he's also a servant at a restaurant. Uh, then it's Michael's birthday. There's a big party mm-hmm. with his friends. We see his friends are Bill Murray, Terry Garr, and everybody's there but we also see immediately problematic, terrible misogynistic behavior from Michael and this very, not only aggressive flirting, but then when he kind of loses out on that girl, she's also like dragged away physically by someone else when she's probably inebriated
1: yeah, by the that, arm. The, yeah, that, was that, like, her... That right? I didn't know if that was, like, her partner. Definitely, like, not someone who was friendly, whether or not it was a partner or not. But he's... It was just, uh... That party... I like the idea
0: of her calling that person their, her partner. I know. Or, you
1: know, <laughs> her, life, to, her life partner. This is my partner. But there's <laughs> also, like... Let's not forget that the that the party takes place in the Bill Murray and, you know, Dustin Hoffman apartment, which looks like what I lived in in Bushwick, Brooklyn, in the early two um, thousands, in a uh, you know an old warehouse space. So that's sure. that's it's giving very much like you know collaborative collaborative living with many different artists and falling apart and just the tape on the walls and and the the, the stark white little areas that have been. It looks like they they've built little um, nooks to live in.
0: Yeah, it's not a great. I mean, it's a it's a good space that they could do more with. These guys are so <laughs> basic. Um, use a little bit of that flair that you use with yeah. your, your makeup and stuff.
1: Take some spirit gum. <laughs> it's not
0: that interesting <laughs> for them, but as we'll see, they're kind of basic. So after the party, after Michael feels dejected and watches this woman dragged away, Sandy tells Michael that she doesn't think she's going to go to this next audition. She has no faith in playing a woman. <laughs> yeah, she, right? You're worried about your audition tomorrow, aren't you? No, I'm not no? worried about that audition. Why? Because Why I'm not gonna so get it. I'm not Why gonna not? get it. Because I'm completely wrong for it. Why, what kind of a part is it? A woman. <laughs> Sandy is the, I love how the script is like, you know what it, what she means. Sandy is then co- coached, of course, by the brilliant actor that she knows, Michael, who brings out the best in her. That, that scene <laughs> so funny. <laughs> the back and forth and how he got it out of her. I'm gonna try that next time I'm directing. I'm just gonna, <laughs> those exact words. This is rage? I have a problem with anger. Yeah, you certainly do, but I'll tell you something. There's a hundred other actresses reading for this part who don't have a problem with anger, who aren't afraid of working, who aren't afraid to stick everything out on the line and do it. Well, don't get
1: mad at me. Well, stop
0: being a doormat then. I'm
1: not a doormat.
0: Act right now, do it.
1: You're wrong, Dr. Brewster. I am. Come on. You're wrong, Dr. Brewster. What do I have
0: to do, I hit you with a stick?
1: You're wrong, Dr. Brewster. I am very proud to be a woman, and I'm proud of this hospital. And before I see yeah. it destroyed by your petty tyrannies.
0: Have the anger, don't show it to me. Don't I'll push. I
1: recommend to the board that you be thrown out into the street.
0: Don't lose it now. Good
1: day, Dr. Brewster. Don't whine like you're a second-rate I actress.
0: Said good day. And he becomes her cis her male savior. Great. Absolutely.
1: Because no one can tell you how to act like a woman in, you know, modern 1982 society (laughs) than a man.
0: Michael then goes to the audition with Sandy. And this is uh, for this soap opera. Of course, it's going to become very important in the story. (laughs) Sandy's sent straight out. It's really cruel. And, you know, she's 33. So this is a time when she's changing from maybe never having been the ingenue to maybe being the mom. And in that same moment, Michael somehow finds out that he was passed over for Terry Bishop, who's on the show for a play that he really wanted. And he abandons (laughs) Sandy immediately there. And he
1: runs, (laughs) he runs, he runs to his agency, right? To,
0: Yes, all the way to the agent and confronts him about like not aggressively putting him up for the part as much. It just this is not I I know agents can sometimes be a little lackluster, but like, really, for real, this is not appropriate.
1: I mean, at this point, Michael's got to know the way of the game and that, you know, it's it's about they get you in the door and then he either gets the job or he doesn't. Is he supposed to be thirty three, or is he supposed to be I don't know. That was one of my (laughs) questions. Was like, how old is Michael supposed to be? Because also in the eighties, everyone in in like film and television, the hairstyles, everyone's looking older. Sure.
0: And in the Graduate, he's supposed to have just graduated college, but he arguably looks like you know. I think he's supposed to be
1: forty. I actually think he's supposed to be forty because I just pulled up the script.
0: Okay. So Michael
1: is supposed to be 40.
0: Okay, which as a man means that nothing he could
1: say. And he still has many years (laughs) of working with young uh, women as as his wife. He has all his
0: hair. Like, he's fine. (laughs) So, of course, uh, you know, the agent claps back. You're difficult to work with and literally no one will work with you. That's the problem. Now this is the moment that is so different from most of these other films. Usually we get a montage, a discussion. Yes. Sometimes we get a thing about the name. We 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 look over at a trash can and we say, "My my name is now Karen Trash." Like there's no moment in this movie like that. Quick as quick as a cut, <laughs> Dorothy Michaels is just walking down the street.
1: Yep. She is, the script says, she is Michael. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, God.
1: So that is, you know, that was one of my notes was how do they, uh, they really just, they just take us there. There's no time for, which I kind of appreciate. Just take us, take us on this, you know, we, we know what we're here for. It was Spider-Man
0: Homecoming all over again, you know, just dropping us right into a story with no no real origin. I guess they were, I guess they hadn't found the person um, for this part that Sandy was up for. I can't believe that just because this soap sometimes goes live because people just spill shit on on the cans or whatever. That was interesting to think about. So it, I, I did not believe that they didn't just go, somebody, you know, yeah. I couldn't believe that they even brought that other actor in to read, with you know, to check chemistry. That's unbelievable, but whatever. Dorothy goes up for this part and she's immediately rejected based on look, aura, age. <laughs> this guy just fucking hates her, the director, Ron, and... Instead, she claps back in this way that is like, I mean, I don't, I, I assume that Michael spent a lot of time developing this, this voice. Yeah. <laughs> but with
1: the I'm a character actress. I'm a character actress. That was kind of the voice, right? It's very, like I, It was mumbling. Why? I had to turn on the closed caption I because uh, I was <laughs> blasting it. I was blasting the audio and I still couldn't understand what the hell Dorothy Michaels was saying. Yeah, she, she's a little of re- register, but she's a little bit like a birdie. There's some marbles. There's some marbles in her mouth. Little tinge of southern. Yeah, and she's I... T- like, I, I just want to know, like, also, like the dynamics of uh, her trying out for the part. She has a great agent, so that's how she gets in the room. But doesn't anyone wonder where, where else, what else she's been on? Like, of course, this is before IMDb. You know, you can't just sure. or but like, no one's asking like anything about her history as an as a character actress you know i
0: i it, it's implausible that agent doesn't know yet that's in a later scene i just <laughs> i don't get it um but this movie does a lot of leaps where they're just yeah. like it just it was and it is and that's what happened so you know the this is a, a of course a, the setting the stage for the great audition that lands Dorothy this part what's the
1: what's the character's name it's like Miss Jennifer or Miss Kimberly yeah Yeah, yeah. is it Miss Kimberly yeah Miss Kimberly Miss Kimberly (laughs) right Miss Kimberly's birthday (laughs) party it sounds like um you know a kindergarten teacher
0: this is a great audition and even though Ron doesn't Ron still doesn't want her because he says something like um there's just something about her Mm-hmm. But like, isn't there something about her that you don't like?
1: <laughs> something <laughs> wrong about her,
0: you know. That might that might be a little microcosm of uh, some of the feeling that, like, cis people think is at least had about trans people. You know. Yeah. And there's like something that is off about this.
1: I mean, Ron yeah. tells Dorothy like, "You're too soft. You're too genteel and not yeah. threatening enough." Well, I'm just uh, trying to make a certain statement here, and I'm, I'm looking for a very specific physical type of.
0: Mr. Carl, I'm an actress. I'm a character actress. I can play this part any way you want.
1: Honey, I'm sure that you're a very, you give me very an good idea actress. What you're looking it's just for? that you're a little bit too soft what? and genteel. You're not threatening enough. Not threatening enough? How's this? You take your hands off me, or I'm going to meet your balls right through the roof of your mouth. Is that enough of a threat? It's a start? Yes, I think I know what y'all really want. You want
0: some gross caricature of a woman. To prove some idiotic point, like, like power makes women masculine, or masculine women are ugly. Well, shame on the woman that lets you do that, on any woman that lets you do that. And that means you, dear, Miss Marshall, shame on you, you macho shithead.
1: And that is really the only time in the film, I believe, that Dorothy, aka Michael, has yeah. this moment of, um, you know, clear, ref- clear reflection, and you can tell a woman wrote that line. And uh, you know, you could tell that like that was that was outside of the box for this film because yeah. other than that, it's a, it feels like a, a lot of um, moments of of Dorothy and Michael being just so surprised at how men treat women. It's just so shocking. I've never noticed it before. You know, it's but that was a moment of reflection when she's yelling at Ron.
0: So odd because Michael was doing some of that, so exactly. it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but he wasn't really self reflecting. I think which is the thing that he sort of learns a little bit I would might be stretched to say that this is the landing of the job great and this is he's landed the part that that Sandy wanted so that's of course another thing that's going to become important let's see I've I've lost losing my place I'll just pause for a second this for okay so then right Michael's best friend Jeff Bill Murray is like um you're you're doing this just for the money, right? Which actually is a classic scene. You know, that's a classic scene with the friend being like, this is just about the weird thing that you wanted to do to win back the girl or get the money or whatever it is. And that's
1: why I transitioned, for the money. All for the money, I know. Yeah. People don't realize the windfall that comes. (laughs) The secret loophole of financial gain of transition.
0: This, This part is so real to me. Michael's over at Sandy's. He, he really can't help but look in her closet and oh like the scene. Check out the dresses. And just can't help himself. That part is c- crazy. But she then gets in the shower to clean up. He's already, he's his, he has like his pants half down and his shirt off. Uh, and she comes out of the shower. She screams because they are just friends. And then he like opens his arms to cover. This is to cover I for what he was seat. doing. Yeah. So, so I just want to remind everyone in that that was the choice he made. He was like, I, I need to cover for doing Dorothy drag. So instead he goes towards Sandy and says he wants her. And then they fuck. And then immediately after that, they have a conversation where like Sandy is like, okay, I know how this goes. You you know, are, are, am I, is this like our six, I think they say they're friends for six years. And is that, is it over? Is this, did we ruin our friendship? And he's like, no, I'll, and it's like, I'll call you tomorrow, which is, is always, I'll call you tomorrow during the whole film. He's like, we're going out. He's not, this is my, the worst kind, cause I, I date, exclusively cis men and my least favorite thing that they do is make a definitive plan that is definitely not going to happen <laughs> um, so, <laughs> very sure you know so you, it's the commitment for me uh to <laughs> to, to believing it so it, the, you know she knows what's going to happen but michael doubles down on this which we can see is just setting things up for total disaster and i want to mention that he had also run into Julie, who will properly meet, who's on The Soap, you know, played by Jessica Lang. He had an attraction to her that is definitely not what he has for Sandy. So we can already see that Sandy deserves more. Michael is not the one for Sandy, you know, and both of these people should never have fucked or probably been friends. (laughs) So... (laughs) I'm going to hot take that one. So, of course, then Michael uh, is on set as Dorothy. He goes to the Dorothy. I'll say Dorothy goes to the I feel like this is a part where it, sometimes when he's interacting with the women, he's Michael. Uh, but I'll, I'll to remind us what he's wearing, mainly, I'll say Dorothy. So He goes into the dressing room. Of course, Gina Davis is in like bras and underwear. And he's like, (laughs) cannot cannot just like go over and dress. And he finds out that Dorothy is going to have to kiss the character named Dr. Brewster, a.k.a. Do you remember Amos?
1: Um... (laughs) The
0: tongue. Oh God! The nickname is the tongue, and I apologize because I believe I referred to him as the tongue through the synopsis. After that's this. great.
1: No, I think we should just keep it at that because he's disgusting. There's ugh, there's just so many um, moments of, of, of hands on asses, hands on, you know, slipping of of, of hands, grazing bodies, and it's
0: it's a he really he commits assault like know this less than like four times in this movie. Yeah. Then we of course do properly meet Julie Nichols. She is in Dorothy's first scene and Dorothy watches her interact with Ron and he like slaps her on the ass, which Dorothy immediately reacts to thinking, You know, she's being sexually harassed, which she is. It doesn't matter that they're together. He's in a hierarchical, you know, he's higher than her her in this position. It's totally inappropriate. But Dorothy is like, okay, what? And then watches them, she's gaining information on this. And then when she sees them outside, she sees an interaction that makes it obvious that they are together.
1: Also, and I wonder, but I wonder, uh, did Dorothy, like Michael, slash Michael, care about the slap on the ass because um, Dorothy was attracted to this character or because Dorothy actually cared about this, about Julie getting slapped on the ass by a coworker?
0: That's, that's such question. a good point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because like you see like in my in that moment that I watched it I'm like oh look Dorothy's actually realizing all it took was for Dar- for Michael to put on a dress to realize that women are treated right. like shit uh, but no it's actually I think now I'm thinking oh it's actually this is Michael um, being like oh she's taken <laughs> or oh someone yeah. else stake to claim at work so I can't go there. You know. And and
0: and totally hasn't changed at this point in the movie. So I think it's more appropriate for his emotional state to believe what you're saying. So, all right, I'm going to go with that. He's, uh, again, probably jealous. And he is throughout in, in, in uh, uh, myriad situations. Michael perfects his drag at home and then fully bails on Sandy in the the particular way that he said he wouldn't. The people in the audience love Dorothy, but she's also a hit on the show. That's a huge thing.
1: She, she quickly becomes, like, iconic, a feminist icon on the show for improvising, right? Yes, she and did, I love... And they're just letting her do it. There's no, like, reshoots or retakes. They're like, oh, uh-oh. Like, the, the stage manager and the producers are just like, oh, no. When they know that Dorothy's about to improvise, but they let her do it. And I think they
0: setting up that they do occasionally go live, which I know was a thing with soap operas. I I feel like I believe that they don't have time to reshoot when she does that all the time. Like they don't have time. So, and the other the alternative is to go live, which would be even worse to not be able to cut something out. So I think she puts them in a weird position, which. It's sort of a like cis male privilege mindset. You know, you can't do anything else and you have to pay me and I'm here and everybody loves me and you're making money off me. So I'm gonna call the shots. So that's Dorothy is really popular. And as you say, it's also because she's, she's considered a strong woman on the show. Pro- production also does this running joke of not getting too close. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Uh,
1: they're like, but not too close. Get a better <laughs> angle, but not too close, which is so... I every time. I laugh every so time. <laughs>
0: There's so much going on in so many moments. Every moment is problematic. It's almost like they did a problematic punch up, you know? How can we make this moment just a little bit worse? <laughs> so Julie invites Dorothy to run lines because they have a lot of pages the next day. And Michael is like, I hate the way this, like, <laughs> this outfit cuts me. I can't wear this to Julie's. I hate my whole closet. Jeff says that he's getting into a weird area, another great (laughs) comment from from Jeff. And Bill Murray's never been like me too, but he has like so many comments about him just being a dick on set. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, okay, he leans into this pretty easily. Dorothy then um, finds out when she goes over that Julie has
1: a kid. What? And yeah, it's like, we don't really know where the, like, who is the, where the child came from. It doesn't really matter, you know, but it, it, it that was a question I had.
0: It's like, it's like if we were over at Julie's, we would not have asked the questions that Dorothy did, like uh, us as people, we wouldn't have been like, so you're what? married, are you divorced, where'd the baby come from? It's like, she says, she says everything but saying that. Julie also is pretty rude. She asks about like if Dorothy is irritated at all from having makeup like kicked on <laughs> her face like that, which I was just like, what? <laughs>
1: I know, is that, is, that, is, that, is that actual <laughs> conversation, would someone have asked that? It's I don't know, there could have been a, a, a more nuanced way to ask. I it's think like, such a question. And also, your makeup you've known her for like a day, two, a week, you know, not even a week, and you're going to ask someone that?
0: <clears throat> Imagine going to a like a party with a bunch of trans people and
1: saying something like
0: <laughs> that. <laughs> It's just really ridiculous and 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 these are personal questions. I know they're getting to know each other, but I just would never I'd be so mortified to say something like that to someone. So I don't understand. But they have this this uh, this conversation, and meanwhile, we are cutting back and forth to Sandy preparing like the saddest dinner in the world for Michael to come over. And of course, uh, this is when the, the conversation at uh, Dorothy and Julie turns to the drinking thing. Never really unpacked, but like I know, the-
1: totally like they never pick that up again in terms of the question of why do you why do you drink so much? Oh, thanks, Dorothy. Why do you drink so much?
0: Because it's not fattening, and it's not good for me. How many things can you say that about?
1: You tell me that I should mind my own business.
0: I just don't think you should worry about it. I mean, it's nice of
1: you, but... But I should mind my own business. Yeah, we like her, we're rooting for her. We want her to be, you know, in a good relationship with whoever that's going to be, or alone, you know?
0: Yeah, she deserves it. She's clearly a good mom. She's maybe drunk while doing it. Sometimes but
1: she's, she's fine. just she's got to unwind. It's okay. She's just unwinding after work.
0: It's if you call it unwinding, you know, <laughs> it's fine. So then, uh, Julie says this thing about how it's complicated to be a woman in the eighties. So, thank thanks for really just c- calling it out. You know, oh, it is. It is, and she just wishes that men could be real and more connected. She says this thing, and it's gonna come back in just a short while. She says this thing about wanting like, a guy to be like, hey, like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but you're really interesting and I wanna make love to you. That's like her, her dream. Mm-hmm. When Michael says this to her later, I just, I don't understand how she didn't know. Like how many people has she said that to?
1: Right, exactly. <laughs> Unless she, she said was that in, in an interview. She was drunk. <laughs> She when was drafted, or, the- or
0: or or when she heard it, maybe because uh, it yes. was the party. Let's. <laughs> so Michael does eventually show up to Sandy's three hours late, and three
1: hours late. <clears throat> Let's think about that, you know, without even a call. No, before cell phones. So that's
0: please. I hope I never put up with anything like that. That would be too much. So they're talking shit about Dorothy. That's what the conversation <laughs> leads to. And Sandy's like, she sucks. <laughs> she, she, She's fat. She's a cow. Michael starts making up um, his lines also. Uh, so his his character isn't, you know, as much of a wimp which is what Sandy says, like he's it really turns up the gusto with Dorothy That like in this in this section. He takes Sandy's notes and he takes that to work with him. But it really, he was already on a road to do that. So it's interesting that like Sandy thought that Dorothy was a wimp. It's almost like the movie was trying to say like what Michael thinks would be a strong woman Like that's only half of it. And now a woman had to tell him like, no, a strong woman is like even stronger than a man, you know, something like that. I think so, I think
1: that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We'll go with that. It might be generous, but whatever. (laughs) So also Dorothy does the, you know, the patriotic photo shoot, the anti-Warhol photo shoot. (laughs) like one
1: of the last things he did you know makes her, I know right could you imagine but like it just proves it shows the audience that he that Mike that Dorothy excuse my pronoun <laughs> slips but that Dorothy has just become not just a feminist icon and a relatable female figure on women's day but right. she's she is also a pop culture figure that the right. likes of Andy Warhol wants to siphon her fame from, you know, because at that point, you know, Andy Warhol was so known for surrounding himself with these um, up-and-coming and, and, you know, artists that he could, that he could use. Dorothy's a
0: Warhol girl, and you know?
1: Dorothy's (laughs) in the mix heavily.
0: I think this is a, a point where I was remembering, starting to remember that this movie doesn't feel gay. This movie doesn't feel... Um, particularly queer it feels very much from this heterosexual perspective and they are they are fully going on this ride with michael they're like whoa you know look how far he took this <laughs> you know so michael and uh sandy then of course end up at this party with with julie this is where we do get that moment which is so strange hi mike dorson uh-huh. Great view, huh? Only Phil could afford all those lines. You know, I could lay a big line on you, and we could do a lot of role
1: playing. But the simple truth is, is that I find you very interesting, and I'd really like to make love to you. You know, it's a simple.
0: And she doesn't recognize him, but she also throws a drink in his face.
1: Um, That's, yeah, after she says the iconic, or after he says the iconic quote back to her, and she does not realize that this is Dorothy.
0: It's also really disrespectful of him because did, like, she should have known. She should have known. And it's like he thinks he can pull one over on her so easily to feed it back to her. It's just really gross, you know. There's some time looper movie where somebody keeps, oh, it's yeah, it's in Groundhog's Day, you know, where he just keeps being gross with her, trying to figure her out in iterations of the day so that he can just pull up on her and be like, wanna fuck? You, right. It, the, the simplicity of the female mind that he probably is thinking exists, you know, about just plugging in this information and she'll she'll be into it. It's just so gross. So Michael's
1: disgusting. And then he used, he's he got the drink in his face and he uses a man's suit jacket to pat himself dry before walking away. Um, the back of the man who doesn't even realize that he is using the Same. suit jacket. Which is, I was like, that's okay. Would, you know? would, would do it. <laughs> Julie invites Dorothy
0: upstate at this point. To stay Here with her dad. We go. Yeah. Set set piece alert coming up. Julie, the baby, and Dorothy. And Les is of course the dad. Immediately there's maybe some sparks with Les and Dorothy.
1: Maybe and the sparks... you wonder, is it a setup? You know, is Julie doing right. this for just for her dad or because she wants to get get away and needs a female companion with her on this trip and likes Dorothy's company, or is it dad needs needs a partner a life partner? And I, yeah and I don't
0: <laughs> I think I think maybe she thinks of it that way, but there's also a part of her that really really wants to be around Dorothy because because yeah. Dorothy can't deny the spark. <laughs> Right, or the, the the spirit that lives in both Michael and Dorothy, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if, you know, Dorothy embodied something that Michael really, really, truly didn't have, you know, in the end, and that their relationship wouldn't work. But whatever, we'll we'll, we'll see how the movie ends up. Dorothy then gets close to the baby in this way that feels gendery feels like you know especially when they they see something over there remember amos and they like running towards it and, and she's like amy
1: with Dorothy. and then she kind of coddles the babe she bring holds it out yes, like it's a, yeah. a dirty pile of trash and then realizes oh human life and holds yeah. it in close and then coddles it in a very motherly fashion for the camera
0: It's so simple, it's like, okay, just be lazy about everything, that's fine. (laughs) Dorothy rebuffs less some, you know, in in this section of time. She's not trying to necessarily lead him on, but she's also like, I don't know, she's not doing enough to not be alone with him or whatever. I don't want to put the blame on her because Les is a little bit aggressive. Les is a little too aggressive for me. I don't like this mm. like that swing was way too small for two
1: yeah, people. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> the swing. Um, he was not invited to sit next to her. You know, she and 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 like I enjoyed the piano scene for, for a moment. That was like with the three of them playing the piano together, singing before bed. <laughs> but then I did feel. He, um, my instincts were right, as we'll see later at the end with Les. That, right, you know, not the best vibes uh, in the long run. Not the. I was greatest. trying not to judge a book by its cover with Les. I was trying to be like, okay, single older guy living in the country, awesome house. We would all love a house yeah. in upstate, but oh, yeah. you know, all, a man of a certain generation. What would he think of Dorothy if he knew? You know,
0: that was right. What thought. And yes, right. <laughs> we'll
1: come back we'll to see that. that. You're correct.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, of course, there's a a scene where Julie opens up to Dorothy about her mom, her mom who has passed, and Dorothy ends up, they're like in bed, I think the film lights this and shoots this at an angle that is supposed to make it look like you can see Michael, a little bit in dorothy in this like one shot because i felt like michael was nervous for a sec when julie turned over and looked at him just in the curler's mm-hmm. wig that he was going to be clocked so the there's this kind of tension but then it's like they have this really sweet conversation and dorothy pets julie's head and it's very maternal so i think there's a lot that's a little bit messy there, but Jessica Legg sort of sells the hell out of it. And mm-hmm. I do believe that there's a connection between these two people. Uh, I think it, the, the longevity of it would probably be, be, you know, dependent on Michael being able to be this, have these characteristics of Dorothy to, to do these things, hopefully in a future as a partner for Julie, pet her head. Right, know, he
1: puts his hand her. on her head in a very, you know, non-threatening way, which, soon, yeah. which is like a nice moment where he's like, oh, this is how people can be nice to each other. You know, you can see Michael's <laughs> internal monologue being like, oh, I can simply put my head on a woman's, my hand on a woman's head and pet her and yeah. calm her. And that's, um, you know, and that doesn't have to lead to anything.
0: I I think he, this is a moment of growth for him they return to work after the break and julie and ron are having they're having issues they've been sort of building to this julie gets dorothy to babysit so that she can break up with ron and has a, has a real hell of a night with amy amy's not having a having a good night <clears throat> and it's cha- a challenge but julie gets home and she and dorothy start to unpack this what happened But this leads to, of course, the near kiss. (laughs) Julie's like, did I have the same impulses? She's so all over the place. I love it, I love it,
1: yeah. I really
0: enjoyed this. Me too.
1: Don't say anything. But there's a reason. Uh, I understand the no, reason. No, no, no. That reason's not the reason. See, I'm not the person you think I am. I just... Wait a minute now. Nobody is. Easy. Dorothy, it's me. No, it's me. No, it's me. No, it's me. No, it's me. It's I'm just not well-adjusted enough. I mean, I'm sure I've got the same impulses. as me. Obviously, I did have the same well, don't impulse. do jump
0: to conclusions about that impulse. That impulse is a good
1: impulse, Julie. If you can just see me out of these clothes, I... No, can... no, no, oh, no. What? No. Oh, my God, that's my father. You've got to tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him what? What? up. get up.
0: That's a corn cob. Hello. Hi, uh, Dad. Julie's dad. This is this is this is where the scene gets funky. Julie's dad calls, and she knows, and
1: but she knows. She, no caller ID. She said, "This is my dad." The phone know, rings. This, is my, this dad. is my dad.
0: And then she's right. So who are we? Yeah. To argue. Psychic. But. Psychic Julie. But Les is on the phone and she's like immediately like, like you have to um decide to you know be with him or not. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And Les is actually he's uh he wants to take Dorothy out that night, which which she agrees to to like get out of the apartment. You know, it's clear that she also wants to kind of leave the situation and not unpack it more and Les takes her out to this late night dinner and he
1: fucking proposes I know and what time do you think this was because this was like a late night like Julie gets yeah. home late and then Les invites her out is this like a midnight dinner I mean it's a
0: that was a breakup dinner so I'm gonna guess that it could have maybe it ended at, like she's getting home at 10 30 10 45 even that could have been possible okay. but I think you're right that there's a chance that this is it's already after midnight, one o'clock in the morning. By the time this next setup is yeah. where where Dorothy is, yeah, it's I just like all nighters. It.
1: It's all nighters with Dorothy.
0: I can't, I can't do that at, at my age, and Dorothy's older than me. So then, then of course, uh, the tongue, the tongue shows back up mm-hmm. at, at the foot, footsteps of Dorothy's apartment. When it rains,
1: it pours for Dorothy
0: why. He's a creeper. He really is aggressive. And then she doesn't let him up. But he does like this loud, annoying singing. And this man being obnoxious to get his way. Never heard of it. But she lets him up. And he tries to force himself on her. He's trying to R-word her full
1: there, like, there is assault happening. Total assault. Yeah. Uh, no, don't
0: want to describe it any other way. Jeff comes in, and this is so upsetting. Immediately, this actor that plays Doctor Brewster, the tug, is like he understands that's where the, the line is crossed. He he believes that Jeff is Dorothy's husband, and that he is taking. Uh, you know, he's in another man's territory, mm-hmm. whatever. And he says, I'm so sorry. He apologized to, apologizes to Jeff. He apologizes to Dorothy. But then, of course, he says, hey, could you maybe not mention this to anybody?
1: Oh, <laughs> it's sick. I mean, and it's really like he, he got caught and that was the reason for no longer... You know, yeah. pursuing Darth. It, and it not even, like, caught, it, more like thinking that he had, you know, Darth, had a man. So, yeah. sorry to overstep. I was only going to do this if uh, there was no <laughs> man in the picture. That, make, that would make it okay.
0: I would have fully done it, though, if that had been the case. So, then Sandy shows up and she gives a great speech about being responsible for her own orgasm. But she's sort of, like, She is, she says a lot of things like this throughout the movie, but her actions do contradict how strong she wants to be. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard, but it's also, I mean, I've been, I've been there, you know, to just like be accepting. You already accepted too much bad behavior and you feel embarrassed for yourself, you know, and clearly I don't think she has a lot of other friends. (laughs) These are her friends. Yeah,
1: they're her, you know, she is in that community and they are, she's bouncing everything off of them. So she is oversharing in this moment with people who do not need to hear that and who do not appreciate her, uh, I believe. Even though she's great. She's awesome. (laughs) I mean, both of the, the lead women are I'd like to watch so a, cool. a film, with, you know, they're hanging out. You know? That would be so cool.
0: <laughs> I don't, that film was never made. Mm-hmm. Back at work, then, things are weird. Things are weird between Julie and Dorothy. Julie is like, You changed my whole life. You changed me. We can never see each other again, <laughs> which on- honestly felt a little queer. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's either the opposite. Or, you know, it's it, we're binary in that. <laughs> yeah. So so we find out about the tape ruining and the lie, the necessity for Miss Kimberly's <laughs> live birthday party. And you know, you know, you're looking at that runtime, you know this is going to be the big moment. We know and, the
1: reveal is a coming.
0: And Michael has been, he had found out from his agent that he they wanted him. They wanted to pick up his option. And it's a one-way option, you know? The, they they pick you up because as an actor, you, you desperately want that most of the time. So he finds that out and he really, he just thinks he can't do this for another year or whatever, however long he's, I don't know how long he does this. There's even a
1: pay bump involved, you know? He'll be getting more money and he's still like, <laughs> it's not worth it. It's just not worth I, it for him.
0: Ruse girls wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, some so this is uh, the, the moment he enters on this big balcony. Everybody's looking up, and he starts to sort of say these things that like Julie is connecting with or whatever. And he does. He's not good at ad lib. There's. His ad lib on the show had been pretty okay, but this one is like terrible. He's stumbling, mm-hmm. trying to find the plot, what he wants to say, mm-hmm. and eventually he he reveals that um, he is not. Uh, is it was it? Uh, I know the the wor- the one he reveals himself to be is Edward, I think. But is it something like Emily or not? It's not Emily Kimberly.
1: For I am not Emily Kimberly, the daughter of Dwayne. And Alma Kimberly? No, I'm not. I'm Edward Kimberly, the reckless brother of my sister Anthea. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Christ! It's a I'm Edward Kimberly, who has finally vindicated his sister's good name. I'm Edward Kimberly. Edward Kimberly, um, and I'm not mentally mm. ill, but proud Damn. and lucky.
0: That is such a soap name. He's like, I, 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 am not Emily Kimberly. I am Edward Kimberly. He rips and... the wig off. <laughs> he rips the wig off, and he looks. You know, he looks like uh, pretty, pretty normal after he like he uh, the caked makeup. You could see that. You could see the difference between mm-hmm. the skin tone, and he can. She can see even probably recognizes this. It probably recognizes him, maybe from the party. Even it's it's all it's multi layered. It's a it's an icky feeling for us knowing that a lot of these reactions in this montage have to do with uh, cis gut reaction to gender uh, expansive gender exp- expression point point blank.
1: I have a question though. Can you remember from the film? Is there a scene where Julie then slaps? Dustin Hoffman's character. It's not
0: water or anything.
1: Because I'm looking at the script right now, and I think that there is something cut out of the film. I'm looking at the the shooting script, because in reaction to Dorothy coming out. I thought she was going to. Because do you want me to read it? Read it?
0: And I, I think you're right that it didn't happen. But I read think this it.
1: was cut, but in the script, it says, Julie says, You son of a bitch, you cheat, how could you slap? How slap? Could slap? You do slap this slap to anybody. Michael takes it stoically and she stops. All we hear is their breathing. The others watch in stunned silence. Then she suddenly comes to life again, a tigress. Not to anybody, but to me. She tears at him, beating him with her fist. Like, she keeps it keeps going. She's so that literally happen, beating right? the shit out of Dorothy. <laughs> that did not happen, right? Like, from what I... I would have remembered that. that we would have... have ru- if we both didn't write that down... Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, we both like, immediately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> AFAB compartmentalization. <laughs> so I think you're right, though, that... And I'd be interested to see if there was a version... That played in theaters in 1982. Wonder. Yeah. I'd be interested to buy a very early edition of the VHS, you know, and see if that's a true thing. Um, I will. I'll research it, y'all, and I won't put it in the episode. But who knows? We'll try to get that out to you. It's 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 a it's a thing that I think would have been considered violent. Only ten years after, maybe fifteen years after, I can't imagine anyone would have had would have had a real problem with it.
1: I don't think anybody would have. I mean, look at Brandon uh, about you know Boys Don't Cry. That um, rea- that's and that was what do I 93?
0: have to three? No,
1: <laughs> absolutely not. But you know that was ninety three and that was okay. I mean that was a true story. Yes, but you know that kind of um, you know, ending is was okay. So this. like a couple of some slaps and some punches at Michael out of Dorothy drag. I think no one would have a problem with
0: just a few slaps.
1: So just a few (laughs) slaps and punches, a tigress. She's described as just as much as he deserved. Jesus. So then
0: of course he's the cat's out of the bag. There's a moment where Michael is waiting outside of the studio for Julie and she look. She makes a look, and I guess he interprets that as follow me. But they have this complicated conversation, and they make up. It's like Julie is like, I, I miss Dorothy and Michael misses Dorothy too. But is there something there for their relationship? All, all Jessica Lange, you know, really needs to do is do like a smile to convey that uh, she's just that talented. So I think she saves the script a lot here. But that, that's they get together. There's a, even right before it cuts to the right before it freeze frames. I think she puts her arm mm-hmm. over Dustin Hoffman, which I love the like Zendaya Tom Holland energy of that. Yes,
1: absolutely. so I, I
0: think that that there's something that works in it but all, but part of me is like Julie you know run run Don't the do other way
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah so that's the that's our synopsis now we've done a lot of discussion within the synopsis so i just want to make sure we touch on anything that is really really important to
1: us uh, i think that you know, I discussing the the homophobia and transphobia from Les Julie's father at the end. You know when he, when Michael visits Les up at the bar to return the wedding ring, the engagement ring, and Les's heart, oh, and then Les becomes this person who I was afraid he was going to be. You know, he is this uh, small minded bigot, uh, doesn't want to be near Michael believes that, you know, he probably, he doesn't say this, but I think that Les fears that he could be gay just for having been attracted to Dorothy or wanting to have a life with Dorothy. And that disgusts him.
0: Michael says, uh, here, you might want to give it to a woman. And he said, I thought I was. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's harsh. Yeah. I think to Les's minimal credit, he does seem to soften a bit when Michael says, I like Julie. My attraction to you <laughs> is based on the fact that you, <laughs> you're related to her. <laughs> I almost want to stretch it out to being like that because there was almost something between <laughs> Les and Michael. Yeah, But but he says, he's like clarifying this, I think for his own head too. And yeah, I, I, that, that it's hard to watch though Les be so harsh after having spent such good time with dorothy Mm -hmm. there's validity to their relationship within uh, dorothy as drag you know dorothy the drag persona uh is more into less than
1: michael would be Mm -hmm. and there's something real to that that was probably the most upsetting part for me was les's reaction at the end because i felt like you know it was a, a a lighthearted, I say in quotes, gender romp, you know, story of of Michael, who's not a great guy to women, learning about women's perspectives, point of view, how women are treated. Yeah. Fluffy, fun, annoying stuff. But then we have the mm-hmm. less character, which makes it really dark a, and real in a way that I makes me very sad. Just left me, it, left it me it, on a sad note, you know? and even julie
0: i think it's hard to see that like thing ha- that switch happen in her brain so immediately she works back from it but there's there's visceral reactions as we see the montage is is funny mostly <laughs> I mean, to see all the all the different reactions of everybody finding out on tv but there is something gross to it and it's inescapable for us now when you know that there it was so many people going to see this movie that we're just like,
1: that's fine. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm oh. sure some of us went to see this movie too, you know? I'm so it- sure.
1: I'm sure they were like, <laughs> there were people like us who went to see it in 1982 and were, I just wonder how they felt.
0: There probably was a part of that was, calling out to for the future to be better, you know, hoping for this, it, the, the future that we are, the great future that we are living in now. <laughs> and that's
1: why I gave it a 25.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that happens a lot. You know, I think a Danish Girl, I think I gave a five, which I think is really generous. Yeah. And it, it only does it because it's like, at least like a few people saw it and were like, trans people exist. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, so I agree. This is. I don't want to, you know, mince words. This is uh, a transphobic and homophobic film. As as a as a whole, the the crooks of this film uh, just can't really be anything else. The structure is built around that. The shock value of the comedy is built around that. So
1: yeah, and the secret right. and the secret of it all from... Yeah,
0: the duplicity, the, the double I, life
1: of Michael.
0: The the um, idea of getting benefited by the the benefits to both genders, both mm-hmm. quote, quote unquote both both genders, as Michael would probably see it. So you know that that's that's a a thing that trans people get accused of a lot. That can feel very triggering, especially in today's dialogue. I want to say, you know, also about uh, the the general character of Michael. I think this is a a guy that, arguably, is the worst. There's not <laughs> not a lot of redeeming things for me that make me think that Michael has any super sensitivity, even from acting. Doesn't even seem, it seems very technical for him and very crafty and, and and whatnot. And I don't, I think through the performance and through using his craft is where he starts to learn the emotional angle of it. But it's a very long road that starts with us basically seeing him harass a woman in a way that he then gets harassed later, sees other women harassed and... And learns from that, but really it's a hi, right. it's really a walk in, you know, walk in the shoes thing that has to happen. He doesn't have a lot of appreciation for women, women's struggles or how to treat even his no. friends that are women.
1: And he's toxic to Sandy. He leads her on, his friend of six years, who he sleeps with while wanting to borrow her dress. And he <laughs> you know, he, he he leads her on while lusting after Julie, and yeah. he just doesn't, like, there's nothing likable about that, about a character that does that to Sandy. To see Sandy's arc, it's like, yeah, it's shitty 100% the whole <laughs> way through. So it's just, yeah. it was hard to like him.
0: It's so hard to like him, and it, now, of course, yeah, there's, uh, just to touch upon it, I think we see from those guys that have been too would you know there's a there's a depth in some of their gross guy performances Mm -hmm. it's a real wealth of knowledge and i don't (laughs) i don't think that that comes from nowhere i have read little bits and pieces of what dustin is accused of and i think that there's definitely some behavior stuff that was just long ago okayed in his brain. And I think he uses it here. What I think is really unfortunate is that I don't think that he had the same experience as Michael um, playing Michael playing Dorothy as Michael had playing Dorothy straight up because uh, he didn't, he's, he's not on the other side. He's not the Michael talking to Julie at the end, even um, if he really did all these These things. So I don't want to accuse people that haven't been uh, haven't been uh, officially whatever uh, condemned by our really shady justice system, just because I think it is a little bit unfair, um, even though our justice system is broken. But uh, I do think that when a lot of people accuse these guys of stuff, we should just we should believe them. You know, I do, but I do think it affects his performance and it definitely affected my watching. For sure. It's hard to unsee it. It's hard to unsee. And, And I, and, and, you know, I hope that you don't regret too much watching it, but I know that. There's a there's a before and after Tootsie probably for you now.
1: Absolutely, I think I mean I'm happy to have to be able to add to the queer canon of Tootsie to know that to have that point of view perspective of like sure. where what people are talking about, like other than, of course, I know that it's Dustin Hoffman in drag playing a woman. I knew like the, you know, the long right. line of what the film is, but to actually see it and, and how they're trying to weave in these other conversations of what it means to be a woman in the eighties and yeah. you know, sexual harassment. That's a very casual conversation. Um, right. It, <laughs> right. 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 It's just, it's a, I don't regret it at all. And I also, I did a little bit of a deep dive also just to see yeah. like, you know, who was the writer. There are, About like six credited, one credited writer or two, and then a few credited, uncredited writers. And there's one woman, Elaine May, filmmaker Mm -hmm. and actress who played Ruth Bader Ginsburg on something recently. What was it that she was on? Um, uh, I don't remember what it's called. Like The Good Wife or The Good Fight. Uh, But anyway, filmmaker Elaine May, who is Mm -hmm. now in her 80s, I believe, but wrote, did punch ups for Tootsie. She was the only woman. She's not credited. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that there are certain scenes where a woman, there's women's perspective. Like the, yeah. the sex scene, the, you know, the, the women's dialogue feels very uh, natural in certain areas, what, or topics that they're touching on. So I just think that, like, let's give Elaine May some credit for doing those punch-ups because um, she's uncredited in, um, in the film. She wrote The Birdcage. Yes. <laughs> wow. And she yeah. did um, Ishtar, was her famous her, one. I yeah. Think, of, like, as a director and writer.
0: Yes. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely, there had to be one, because you're right. Yeah. <laughs> there were some moments that um, I feel very comfortable just crediting them to Elaine. Yes. To say, I'd like to
1: assume that we all know the Elaine scenes. <laughs>
0: So we have to move along to our game segment. Now today we're playing FMC. That's Friend Managing Council. This game, for those of you who don't know, is based on Fuck Mary Kill. But we're in a loving place. I don't like the idea of uh, a sexless marriage. I don't like the idea of fucking a random person and then killing another, becoming a murderer. That that game is totally messed up. So we do friend, managing, counsel. I've prepared a few Mm. um, trios for you to choose. So are you ready to play, Amos? Yes. All right, first first we're going to do, who are you going to friend, manage, or counsel, Julie Les, and Amy, the baby. <laughs> so this is Julie, of course, Les,
1: the dad, and... And manage is like the
0: Manage is like be their agent. Who are you going to make money off of?
1: Okay. And who am I... And counsel, who am I going to get therapy for?
0: Therapy. Who needs who needs the noggin worked on?
1: Okay. And it's Les, Julie, and the baby Amy. And Les was the tongue? The dad. <laughs> the dad sorry the dad can yeah, you can keep yeah. Them straight? <laughs> all those men um just clogging up my brain all right we are going to let's we will manage julie cuz she's a working actress okay. okay we are going to and where are the other two counsel and
0: counsel and friend
1: ugh. okay yeah. we're going to obviously we're going to counsel less and we're going to friend Amy, the baby. Yeah, sometimes she might freak out, but... Yeah, it's okay. Friend, it's okay. which me, I would be babysitter, too. She's
0: also growing constantly, so your friend, you know, yeah. in 10 years is going to be able or to have a maybe I'll
1: switch it up and let's have... I'll be... I'll friend Julie, because she seems okay. fun. Amy, Ooh. I will uh, manage. Yes. Because I can throw her in commercials. Right. And, you know, we can... She'd be working. Right. In 1982, a white, a blonde baby... With Louise, oh, yeah. she's been all the ads, so I'll manage <laughs> baby Amy.
0: All right, great. So you're gonna friend Julie. You're not gonna get her any counseling, though, for her drinking problem. Or no, you're just gonna try to gonna let slip it in at brunch yeah. every once in a while. Are yeah. you having wine again? So <laughs> that totally makes sense. Okay, uh, our next trio is gonna be Ron, the director, Jeff, the roommate, and now here's where you're gonna get the tongue. And the tongue. And the tongue. Oh. <laughs> friend. Okay. <This> one's harder. <laughs> the you tongue harder. You gotta friend one of these people. The
1: tongue gets counseling. Okay, okay. I'm see, I'm being very logistic. The tongue gets counseling. Um I you will gotta manage it out of the way. I'll manage Ron because he's already a working director, so that's Bankable. Bankable. And then I'll sure. befriend uh, Fred. Because, uh... Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll befriend Jeff, Bill it's Murray. It's the
0: same. It's just generationally yeah. different. A
1: four-letter <laughs> word. I'll befriend Jeff. Because and befriend Jeff. we yeah. all need a, a Jeff that we can roll our eyes from and use as character study.
0: I think that makes sense. And Bill Murray, you know, he is funny. It would be funny to be his friend. Yeah. Be. So let's see. last trio, Dorothy... Sandy, and Michael. Oh, Michael. <laughs> okay. And now, Michael, I'm assuming, is refusing to even be Dorothy. Right. Because that's so, what he ended know, up as.
1: Michael gets counsel. Yeah. yeah. Sandy can be my friend. I enjoy her company. <laughs> and uh, Dorothy can be... Um, managed because I feel like um, as punishment, I will, you know, let's let Dorothy get her own career because she was successful.
0: And honestly, like Dorothy doesn't need to be on a television show. She could probably make bank just doing part of a drag, like, you know, yeah. showing up at Hamburger Mary's Saturday <laughs> <That's> morning. <absolutely. laughs>
1: Definitely. She's a whole brand, you know,
0: that makes sense i think you're gonna make a lot of good money on dorothy i like your choices uh weigh in y'all let's see uh was amos wrong you know did he miss a chance to get somebody some help um or, or or make a lot of cash We'll move on to our gender icon award. Uh, this this is our award. We you know give this to anybody who's got a big gender journey, iconic in their gender, 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 gender. It's kind of whatever the fuck you want because you know we're trans people. So, I I have two. I have two. Go for it. Go for it. I the wonder. I have two one. as well. So I'm wondering if they're yes. the same.
1: All right. The first iconic gender award. I the first person for the iconic yes. gender award. <laughs> is the baby in the surprise <laughs> party in the beginning of the film. You see, um, they someone brings a baby who's dressed with very yeah, like various ruffles, or maybe it's like a, a sailor suit. I can't tell, but it's a ruffly yeah. little white outfit. And they hold the baby in front of Michael, and he just kind of looks at it. And that baby, I believe, has an iconic gender through expression of clothing.
0: Yes, that is confronting Michael. Yes, and I loved yes. it. I loved that. And icon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so that... Definitely not the same as my okay. picks. What's okay. the second one? The second
1: one is not a person, but it is Michael's handwriting. It is uh, Michael's handwriting <laughs> when we see him making notes uh, when he is on the phone with Sandy, and he's like he writes down eight p.m. dinner, Sandy, or something like right. that. His handwriting right. with he writes it in pencil, and it is just beautiful. It is yeah. a, you know you don't really see handwriting like that anymore. No one's yeah. using pencils. No one's using paper. Penmanship. So seeing <laughs> Michael's penmanship. I just enjoyed it. It felt very uh, iconic to me in a gender type of way. It was, uh, you know, expansive, so.
0: Plain and simple. I just had to give it to Julie and Sandy. Yeah, I think both of these women are surviving 1982, (laughs) first of all. Mm -hmm. And I just believe that the way that they're playing off of Michael and Dorothy, it has a lot of strength in it. And, it, and th- this is formidable. I mean, the way that the movie is just like bashing them, both of them over the head a lot of the time with like misogyny and, um, you know, Julie being treated like shit as a, a working actress is clearly very talented. And Sandy too, like th- those those structures are things that we still deal with today. And the fact that, God, what is this? 40 years ago, okay, 40 years, yeah. So the fact that this is 40 years ago, I mean, amazing. And plus, obviously the women behind these characters and the careers that they had and just the consistency of their work. I even like looked at like Terry Garr, she was like doing movies since the time she was 16. So just-
1: I love your choices. I love your choices. I think, you know, the film would be literally nothing without yeah. Julie and Sandy. They yeah. are they represent two different sides of, you know, Michael's life and of different uh, the two different versions of success and struggle and it I, I love I love them both. So they're both wanted... blonde though, which is interesting.
0: <laughs> That's true. The movie's like only blonde women. Yeah, Blonde only. I did think it was I just remembered like as a flash in my mind that moment went less, like at the piano, like he like he like pushes uh julie like down onto the couch to like wrestle with
1: her oh yeah there's that t- yeah he's behind her giving her like a really aggressive massage yeah that was something where that i was like was weird. It, it gets intense it's like <laughs> it's supposed to be like daddy-daughter dynamic of like comfort being comfortable with each other maybe but it gets a little out of hand and yeah um, it didn't feel right <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was very like farm life, but like, I just need him to see, like, I just need him to do that with a farm animal or something. Show me he does that with everything. Show me this is in particular. But then, (laughs) but then he like puts his hand on her face to end it all. I'm like, no, this is not, this is not good. But anyway, what a strange note to end (laughs) our our award ceremony on. This is the end of our show, Amos. I want to thank you so much for. Being here with me today, I hope the film wasn't too traumatizing again. But uh, I wanted to tell you, you know, I really admired the way that you you've broken into the industry and the the just the rainbow of projects <laughs> to use a super queer word that you've had just really interesting, cool stuff. I've seen pretty much all of it. And it's it's really a, a huge contribution to our trans cinematic universe. So I wanna thank you for that. And I wanna tell you that both Zachary and Marvel have always described you as the sweetest person. Oh, so that's, so that, sweet. <laughs> that's why I, that's why I say that. Um, I really hope that we can meet in person soon too. That would be I really fun. I hope so,
1: yeah. I love this so much, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is one of the most uh <laughs> dynamic i, I the podcasts that I've been a part of, and I think that it's i i love I always love the the podcasts that take you through a story a, either a TV episode or a film and like so it was those are the ones that I listen to the most so this is oh, exciting yeah. to like be on the other end of it and actually like participate in one. so thank you,
0: yeah. You're welcome. Um, I hope you had fun and I hope the shuttle ride back is not too b- bumpy. Everyone, links are in the description as always. Buy my buy my show Bombshell. That would be a great thing. Sign up for the Patreon, $5 a month. You know, you get bonus content. You can see the female trouble tones, which is Zachary Drucker and I perform Divine's iconic female trouble theme song in a pod rocket music video. I mean, that's, that's worth so much more than $5. So, you know, get on that. Listen, keep listening. We really appreciate you. Leave those ratings and
1: reviews. We are out. You're wrong, Dr. Brewster. I'm very proud of being a woman.